0: We're going to begin our scripture reading by looking at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 15, as we have done so, as we've covered a portion of the catechism which uh, explains for us the meaning of the Lord's Prayer. That can be found in your Pew Bibles on page 1504. you now the reading of God's holy word. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Our uh, second reading from the scriptures uh, this evening is going to be from Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20 can be found in your pew Bible on page 1,824. Paul, in teaching to the church in Ephesus, the need to stay strong and firm in the Lord, instructs him and how to pray by putting on the armor of God. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it, declare it fearlessly, as I should. As Father the reading of God's holy word, may he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. Also this evening we're going to be looking at the final Lord's Day of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 52 can be found... In your uh, Psalter hymnals in the back on page 63. And uh, we will read the answers together with one voice. What does the sixth request mean? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil means. By ourselves we are too weak to hold our own even for a moment. And our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh never stop attacking us. And so Lord, uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit so that we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. What does your conclusion to this prayer mean? For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever means we have made all these requests of you because, as our all-powerful king, you not only want to, but are able to give us all that is good. And because your holy name, and not we ourselves, should receive all the praise forever. What does that little word, amen, express? Amen means This is sure to be. It is even more sure that God listens to my prayer than that I really desire what I pray for. It's for the teaching of the catechism. It is true that we are in a battle, and it is true that this battle is often forgotten. There are no noises of guns and cannons going off. There are no breaking news moments in the six o'clock news that tells about the lives lost to this battle, but this battle rages on. It is a <coughs> lifelong battle. It is a battle that has been going on for centuries, and it is a battle in which Christ upon the cross struck a deathly blow, yet nonetheless, we continue to wrestle. There's a reason I chose to read from Ephesians chapter 6 concerning the armor of God, because that is the image that Paul wants to get across to the church of Ephesus. The image. But there's a spiritual struggle going on. In our lives. And it's true that. Christ instructing us in the Lord's prayer. When he says. For us to ask. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Or from evil. He is keying us into that reality as well. So. Let's look. At. At. The Lord's Day this evening, our theme, your only comfort, and the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer. Point number one is going to be us looking at that final request. Final request or petition of the Lord's Prayer. Point number two is us going to be looking at the final basis or grounds upon which we make these requests. And one can argue the uh, all the requests of the entire catechism. And then... Uh, Finally, we're going to look at the final hope. Final hope found in that little word, amen, the final hope of of the catechism for us. So let's start by looking at number one, the final request. Final request here, of course, is what does the sixth request mean? The sixth request of the Lord's Prayer. And it states here, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil means. Now, I know it is the common practice here when we recite the Lord's Prayer that we say, uh, and, uh, and lead us, or, but deliver us from evil. Um, of course, when we've been reading the NIV translation of the Lord's Prayer, it has said evil one," And this is my position on that. I don't care which one you use, the meaning is still the same, okay? Evil one or evil, the meaning is still the same and we get that idea and we know that because in the expression of what this request means, uh, the catechism writers said, our sworn enemies, which includes the devil, okay? So we're not going to get into a a debate uh, about whether it should be evil one or evil. Uh, My conviction is that those uh, substantively mean the same thing. Uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil means. Number one, that we are too weak, even for a moment. So this is a request of dependent Dependency? Why do I pick words that I don't know how to spell? Um, Dependency. We're dependent upon God, His strength, His grace in this battle. Okay, And if you look at Ephesians chapter 6... That's exactly what Paul is saying. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and your mighty power. No, he says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. We're dependent upon God in this battle that we are raging, in this battle that we are fighting in this life against what Paul calls The uh, struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are dependent upon God. The catechism says we're too weak to hold our own, even for a moment. If we think for a moment that we can hold our own, we've already fallen. That is the case that we are being put forward that's being put forward before us here. And then it lists for us uh, three sworn enemies. The devil. The world. And the flesh. This of course, uh, these three enemies come from the scripture passages listed there. Uh, the devil is our enemy described to us in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. The world, Ephesians 6, uh, 2 through, uh, nope, I got that wrong. Nope, the world, John 15, 18 through 21, and the flesh, described for us in Romans 7, 23. What we need to see here is this. The devil is our spiritual enemy. The world is the environment in which we live. That is to say, this world has an influence, a a way in which it's seeking to turn you, a way in which it's seeking because of its sinful nature to put before you temptations which the devil then tries to hold on to. And the flesh is the enemy which is inside of us. That's our flesh. And these three enemies combined together to create temptations, lead us not into temptation. The devil, the spiritual enemy, uses the environment of the world to incite our flesh. These are the three enemies that are our sworn enemies, and the catechism tells us they never stop attacking us. When I think of the rest that is to come, when I think of the day in which Christ will usher in his kingdom, one of the things that I often look forward to, at least at this point in my life, uh, is not that sickness and uh, hardship of that nature would be gone, but that I would not struggle against sin anymore. That I would not struggle against sin anymore. But it's important important that we understand what's being instructed to us here. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil can be confusing. Because it can sound like what Jesus is, is teaching us to pray is that God leads us into temptation. But the book of James tells us when someone is tempted they should never say God is tempting What was interesting about the book of James in chapter 1 is that we hear those um, often used words or often quoted verse that's very comforting to many of us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. The word trials there is the same Greek word that's translated temptations in the Lord's Prayer. And so what Jesus is telling us when he tells us, to pray, lead us not unto temptation to our Father, but deliver us from evil one, is that we are requesting that God not test us. That God not put us in situations and circumstances to test us. But maybe we think of many of the Old Testament saints who were tested in this very way. Abraham was called to sacrifice his son Isaac, the testing, of course, to James, he says, what does it accomplish? What does the testing accomplish? He tells us. If I can find James. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may by mature, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So the testing is good. So why are we asking God? Not to test us, but because only a fool would ask for God to test him. That is not what we're asking for. What we're asking for is, God, may it be so that you do not test me, but if you do, Deliver me from evil. This is exactly what Paul is saying when he says, God has given you a way out from under temptation. So that if you have a temptation, you know that there is a way out from it. That is that if God deems it appropriate, like Paul, to be given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan... That in that testing you would persevere, as James says, that in that testing, you would not succumb to the temptation of sin, you would not succumb to the enemies of the devil, the world, flesh, that you would remain true, faithful. That's what this request. Is calling upon us to do. And so Lord. It says. Uphold us and make us strong. With the strength of your Holy Spirit. So that we may not go down to defeat. In the spiritual struggle. But may firmly resist our enemies. Until we finally win the complete victory. Paul says. Put on the armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes. You may be able to stand your ground. Not if the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And what is the armor of God? It's all the works of God. It says the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit. It's all the benefits of salvation in Christ. It's all what? Christ has given to us. That is, of course, that final request. But let's look at the final basis of this prayer. Liturgically, that is, as practice in worship, we often use this doxology. For thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. But most early manuscripts of the New Testament do not include this in the Lord's Prayer. Nonetheless, it is a very close connection with a prayer that David offered in 2 Chronicles. So it has a biblical basis. And of course it holds a very real truth. But here in the Catechism it tells us. But the conclusion to this prayer is the basis for all the requests we have made of God. It is the basis by which we make, you can even say, and proclaim all the truths of the entire catechism. Everything that we have proclaimed about God, about ourselves, every request we have made of God in prayer is made on this basis. God's kingdom, God has the power, God has the glory, forever, amen. It's the basis, it's the foundation for our prayers. It says here in the catechism, we've made all these requests of you because as our all-powerful king, you not only want to, but are able to give us all that is good, God is the only one who can give us what we've Requested of him. And because your holy name and not we ourselves should receive all the praise forever. The entire basis for everything that we've asked for and requested in the entire catechism is foundationally the truth of who God is. God is almighty, God is sovereign, God is. Overall, God is powerful. He is the king. He is the one who created the world and owns all that is in the world. He has the power to move on our behalf, to answer these requests, the final basis of our prayer, the final basis of everything that we've asked for and proclaimed in this entire catechism. is based upon who God is. God is the giver of all good gifts. His is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. But What about this final hope of our prayer? Why is it the catechism ends in Lord's Day 52... With these words, what does that little word, amen, express? I love that it says that. What's that little word, amen, express? Something fascinating about the word, amen. Um, Most often, words are translated into their modern uh, usage in different languages. But amen has been carried on into every church and every language as really the only way to say what it means. Now, amen is not the way to signal that you're closing your prayer. That's usually how we think of it, right? That if somebody doesn't say amen, the prayer has not ended. In fact, if you look in the Gospels, when Jesus says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, what's actually there is, amen, 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 amen. Amen is not a sign-off for a prayer. It carries with it a very strong meaning. In fact, so strong that the Catechism wants to express that with an exclamation point. This is sure to be. Or let it be. Verily, verily, truly, truly. It is even more sure that God listens to my prayer than that I really desire what I pray for. Think about that for a moment. Think about the fact that it is more sure that God, our Heavenly Father, listens to your prayer than you really even want what you're praying for. This expresses the faithfulness, the love, and grace that God has given to us. And it expresses the reality. That as we're in this battle, this war that I discussed, as we continue to rage against the devil, the world, the flesh. As we so often are distracted in our prayers, and too weak even to carry ourselves for a moment. That God understands our weaknesses. And that when we say amen, we're not saying some magical spell, some incantation, but we are collectively proclaiming that in so much as we have requested of God what God desires to give us foremost that we would be conformed to the image of his son, God is willing to give it to us and God listens to our prayer more than we really desire what we pray for. I think it's important to know that this is why I called it hope, the final hope of the Catechism. Is although it's probably really rare that any of us would be able to memorize All the the wonderful truths of God that are contained here in the Heidelberg Catechism as we've journeyed through it this year. Although it might be very rare that any of us would really remember everything that we've talked about throughout this year, it is good to be reminded. The hope that we have is that we have a God who's much more full of love and grace than we have deserved. That we have a God who even in our weakness, even when we sense that our fervency for God and his gospel and his truth wanes, and that we do not have the fire in our hearts as we once did, that God hears our prayers. That God hears even our imperfect, half-hearted prayers for His sake. He hears those and He listens. It's the final hope Of our prayer. And really that's the final hope. Of all that we've discussed. In the catechism. In fact I would like to. Close. um, Our. Discussion. And our going through the catechism. As we've done so this this year. With once again. Saying together. um, Lord's day one. Of the catechism. The basis, question and answer one, the basis and the hermeneutical key, interpretive key to understanding all the catechism is remembering these words, question and answer one. And if we could say them together, it's on page eight. It would really be, I think, an ideal way to close our, uh, our study of the catechism together. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to Him, Christ, by His Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for Him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the teaching of Your Word, the Catechism. We thank You that we have A loving Heavenly Father, who even when we do not know what to pray, the Spirit groans inside of us with the words necessary to bring before you. We ask, Lord, that we would remember always our only comfort in life and in death is our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, whom you've given to us. And if you have given to us your Son, Jesus Christ, how will you not also give to us all things? Father, as we have studied, we've learned so much of your great story of redemption. We pray that you would take these truths which we've looked at Apply them to our hearts, that they may turn us to rejoice and to worship and praise you for all that you've done. We ask, as we continue to pray for that coming day in which your Son Jesus Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead, that you would strengthen us in our spirits to live lives of grateful, godliness and holiness toward you in accordance with your law. We pray that you would help us always to remember the sinful condition in which you saved us from, the salvation in which we now enjoy, and the service which you've called us to. All the days of our life that we may have left or until Christ comes again to consummate his kingdom, where we will forever live and reign with him, worshiping you, Father, in the land that was slain before the foundation of the world. We ask all these things and pray that you would answer them for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.